0: Welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode number 76. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Joining me today, as always, Jeff Johnson, co-host, producer, and amazing friend. You can follow our shows on SuzanneCSherman.com. That's my website where you will find the links to both this show as well as the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. If you want to learn more about preparedness, self-reliance, and survival after the apocalypse, Check that out. We've got some practical advice there too. It's not just all doomsday stuff. Again, all shows are on the homepage. You can also donate from the homepage or from Anchor directly on the page for either show, whatever works best for you. But folks, we really do need your support. Ironically, our preparedness show has a lot more listeners, but we're not generating any revenue on that one. And anchor has pulled the ad for that probably because we have too many listeners i don't know why but we the bottom line is we really really need your support if you want to help us by going to our affiliate links on the suggested products and recommended reading pages you can do that also on the website as well that doesn't cost you anything extra to get some great reading material or products and that helps as well speaking of reading material My book, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America, is climbing up the charts on Amazon under new releases. Actually, no, not even under new releases. Under constitutional law, yesterday it rose to the top 10 position. That was zero advertising on my part. So I want to thank everybody that's purchased it there. You can get that both as an ebook under Kindle as well as a printed copy. Go to my website for the direct link to order that. You can also order the latest book. Food Preservation Strategies is also available in the printed copy, even though it's only about 60 pages long. People really wanted that in the printed version, and the response has been great, so thank you to everybody that has ordered that as well. I want to offer, put an offer out there. If you make a donation of $25, I will send you a signed copy of the book, Federalism, How Decentralization Can Save America. If you are a homeschooling family, You have teenagers that are learning about the United States government and the Constitution. Reach out to me. I have a limited supply. I will send you a free copy of the book on federalism. Also, if you would be happy with a e-version on Kindle, I can get you one of those as well. But the printed is in limited supply. So please send me a message and I will send you a free copy of that finally, the Lost Frontier Handbook, you can also get on my website. That is available in the printed copy as well. Learn the ways of the pioneers. It is your ultimate guide to self-reliance. How are you today, Jeff? Did you have a nice Easter? Yes, I'm doing very well
1: and uh, had a nice Easter. Uh, pretty restful, um, which was nice. Saturday uh, It rained here, so we were going to go to the range and make a little noise. But didn't get to do that because of the weather. And then Sunday got together for Easter day and got together with family. So it was, a, it was a restful and uh, nice weekend.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, in episode 75, we were talking a little bit about MMA mixed martial arts and was a hit piece that I think it was a uh, op ed on MSNBC calling them white supremacists and uh, toxic masculinity and just really a slam on MMA artists in particular. I think one of the points we made, Jeff, was, you know, these are people that take extreme care to be in, in top health and physical condition. And these are also people that are going to be able to help out in a time of crisis. I was just reading an article from a Black Belt magazine about a jujitsu fighter. And this was actually not even a fighter. He was somebody just had taken a couple classes in jujitsu who actually stopped a knife attack at his place of work. So we talked before about first responders and immediate responders. Knowing these ways of protecting yourself will also help you protect others. But I want to talk about a guy named Kane Velasquez. And I'm bringing this story up because this is taking place in Santa Clara County, where I used to practice criminal defense. And this is going on. He's presently in custody. For attacking the uh, a man accused of molesting a minor member of his family, a younger person in his family, and Cain Velasquez apparently, and I'm I'm not I'm not advocating this type of behavior. In one article, they they I would say appropriately call it vigilanteism. He followed the I think the father and maybe the mother of this accused, a man by the name of Goulart from Morgan Hill, my old stomping grounds. This was, I guess they followed him from a daycare center in Morgan Hill, where I used to live. They had a lot of home daycare centers uh in San Martin, up in Morgan Hill, South San Jose area. And he rammed a truck into the car and fired shots as they tried to drive away, wounding Frank Gullart's father. And, let's see, I'm sorry, Henry Eugene Gallart was the accused, and he was charged in molesting a child relative of Alaska again, at a San Martin daycare operated by Gallart's mother. So, after he was arraigned, Gallart was granted supervised release. Now, I want to back up for a second, Jeff, because now this accused child molester has been granted supervised OR, owner-cognizant, supervised release, Meanwhile, in South Carolina, we have an individual accused of he's a suspect in a mass shooting in a mall. He's also under house arrest. You know who hasn't been released, Jeff, is the individual who tried to go after the child molester, Gullart, in Santa Clara County. It just shows here that there really is. How else do I say this, Jeff? kids are open game in America right now. The other reason I'm bringing up this story is I don't know if you remember a woman by the name of Ellie Nestler. She shot a man named Dan Driver in court, and that might have been in Modesto County, but in Santa Clara County, Dan Driver had previously been granted a very lenient sentence for molesting another young boy, And when I was watching this story on the news back when I lived in California, I think this was in the 90s, I saw the signature that was very familiar to me. And it was Judge Foley. He was a superior court judge in Santa Clara County, who was also one of my law school professors for three years when I went to Peninsula University. This was an unaccredited night law school in California. But in California, you don't have to go to a certified law school. So anybody can go and get a law degree, but you have to pass an examination after your first year to show that you're actually learning something. Not many of them passed the bar exam. Ultimately, I did. I had no problem. But it's a great way to level the playing field and get people to go in there. Anyway, I digress. Just something unique to California. And I agree with that. So here's where we're standing, Jeff. As we know, and we've talked about this before. I want to address the issue of when lethal force is justified. And Jeff, as you know, as a firearm instructor, former firearm instructor that I was, and you with your background in law enforcement as, and also in emergency services, lethal force is only justified when you have an imminent and immediate fear of Loss of serious body and in- bodily injury or death to yourself or others, and that must be satisfied by a reasonable person test. Would a reasonable person, under same or similar circumstances, find that there was an immediate or imminent threat to life in that situation? Jeff, how do you how do you do this? I mean, do you outweigh the crime of the victim, uh, alleged victim of this attack? But again, if somebody's trying to drive away, do you ram them with the car and then shoot into the vehicle? The person that was wounded is uh, Goulart's father.
1: Well, as much as I understand his motive behind it, this really isn't an acceptable response in this situation. I mean, I feel for the guy. I mean, who out there wouldn't want to do the same exact thing? But when it really comes down to it, uh, he injured someone that wasn't the person that's uh, charged with the crime. The mother was there. I mean, so he was putting other people at risk. And as we don't really advocate for violence against people, I mean, mean, this is just a tough thing because, again, like I said, I feel for the guy. I understand his motive. I will honestly say if I was in his shoes, I would want to do the same thing. But, you know, you have to – there has to be some – civility and some rule of law in our society, or we'll just be living in uh, constant violence.
0: Especially since this individual was already in the system. He was accused of a crime. He was going to be monitored under house arrest. And I think what I find particularly troubling about this is who's a greater danger to society right now. First of all, the accused of the, the person accused of molesting the child. I understand he is still innocent technically at this point. Who's another greater or Kane Velasquez or also now we have an individual charged as who's suspected of this mass shooting in a mall in South Carolina. And apparently this was gang related activity. They're not sure who fired what, but it seems to me that it is okay to go lenient on those that are accused of violating the um, the the rights of small children. Again, we're seeing this child molesters are getting easy treatment here. And honestly, Jeff, I saw that when I was practicing law in Santa Clara County.
1: And what, what's happening here in New York now is that uh, they're letting everybody out of jail. They're saying that our uh, prison population is declining. And that is absolutely true because they're proling everybody. doesn't matter what they've done. So I just read a story the other day. I'm not quite sure if it was in the, uh, the New York post or which one it was in, but it was a New York paper talking about a guy that was paroled after two years in a rape conviction. He had been convicted of raping a 15 year old, was paroled and within days of being paroled, raped a 14 year old. So here we are. <laughs> this well, leniency um, <laughs> is causing more crime. Uh, it. Where do you draw the line in this stuff? I mean, there has to be consequences, but obviously there's not. Rape, murder, doesn't matter. Just let them back out.
0: And look at the federal government turned its attention. The FBI turned their attention to the parents who were upset because their daughter was raped in a school bathroom in Virginia. So, again, it seems to me that these pedophiles are hiding behind the LGBTQ movement. So if you are standing up against pedophiles, somehow you are homophobic, transphobic, or whatever else, because you see that these parents are being attacked for this. We're going to take a quick break for our friends at Anchor FM and revisit this shortly and tie it into the school system, and you'll see how we bring this all together. We'll be right back.
2: We could get wise tonight. tonight you were gone that you would move down but you will hear on my caller id i'm not surprised your delusional mind thinks it might be all right to call me to
0: welcome back to the wasatch report i'm suzanne sherman jeff johnson and i are talking right now about a case arising out of california with a former mma ufc fighter kane velasquez who attacked The uh, gentleman accused of molesting a young family member, and in this attack, he shot into a vehicle that was trying to escape and hit the father of the accused. So I want to turn now to the school system and how we have seen this battle going on about the indoctrination of children, and I would say the desensitization Of children when it comes to sexuality, particularly having sexual conversations with their teachers. And the case that's coming to mind right now is coming out of Florida. As we know, there's a big controversy where I think they signed into law now that K through third grade, they're not going to be talking. I guess they're calling it the don't say gay law, which is a ridiculous name. It's really the don't talk about sexual behavior with young children law. Disney, of course, is taking strong exception to this. My concern is the desensitization of children when it comes to sexual discussions and context and their teachers having these conversations with them. You know, traditionally, Jeff, I remember We were supposed to feel safe and look up to our teachers when we were in school. But instead, now the teachers are indoctrinating the children. This was a there was a video. I can't find it online anymore. But there was somebody in a school in Oakland telling children that it doesn't matter what's in their pants. These are and these were preschoolers or kindergartners. Very, very, very young children. These are conversations that are not appropriate. Also coming out of California, when I was living there in 2010, I was involved in just some political groups who were getting together and talking politics in California and what we can do. And there was a second grade teacher in this group. And she was telling me that a girl in her class pointed out to another girl and said, oh, you and -and so-and-so are friends. You must be homosexuals. They don't understand what entails homosexuality. We're not just talking a lifestyle here. This is by necessity involving conversations with regard to sexual conduct. And Jeff, I remember when I was 14 years old, I was a freshman in high school and somebody brought up, I'm not, I'm not going to name the sex act, but it was brought, I didn't know what it was. And you know what? That's how it should be. I shouldn't have known what that kind of sexual contact was. But these kids are getting taught this at an early age and they're even being given books in the, to, to show them how to do it. And they're starting this very, very early. And the federal government is backing this up. Now, the governor of Alabama just signed into law a prohibition or a a requirement that children use the bathrooms in accordance with their anatomy. The DOJ and the Biden administration has threatened to go after them saying that this is discriminatory. This is why, Jeff, I wrote my book on federalism. How Decentralization Can Save America, what business does Joe Biden or any of those clowns in the DOJ or the FBI have getting involved in the community schools of Alabama?
1: They have no reason to be involved in it. This is, again, an item that is retained by the states. And, you know, if you want to find out more about that, I mean, we've beat that drum to death here on this show. But if you want to learn more about that, you buy the book. I mean, there you go. There's a good reason to buy it
0: and this and this is nothing new by the way you know like i said i i went back and and gave an example of when i was 14 years old now that topic that had come up i will i will grant you this that was not that didn't arise out of the public school system or in a classroom situation but the point remains that at 14 years old i hadn't had this discussion yet with anybody but had it been now it would have been brought up by teachers, and the education system would have not only explained it to me, but shown me how to do it. So here's my other point. When I was also 14 years old, I took a health class, and I remember after we covered the regular stuff, we had a couple weeks left, and he said, "What do you want to study? Do you want to study uh, the dangers of alcohol, or do you want to have sex education?" Everyone in the class raised their hand to learn about alcohol and, and alcohol abuse and addiction. But he decided unilaterally that we were going to talk about sex. And he enjoyed every minute of talking about this for two weeks. And then, Jeff, on my final, I was supposed to draw a picture of the male reproductive system, which is a lot more explicit looking than when we have to draw the girl's reproductive system, you know, with the uterus, fallopium tubes, and the ovaries. The male one was a lot different. And you know what, Jeff? I was a straight-A student. And I could not get myself to draw this on a piece of paper. I got to be in the class. I had to have a grade lowered because I did not want to draw a detailed picture of the male anatomy. Do you think 14-year-old girls should be drawing that for their male teachers to see?
1: I don't think that that should be in the school system anyway. But again, you and I agree. We don't believe that parents should be sending the, their children to the school system anyway. We we both believe that homeschooling is the solution to all this problem. And it's a little bit of personal secession.
0: And, you know, this wasn't just back before electricity when I was in high school. Remember also back uh, when Obama was elected, he nominated, he appointed, uh, what was this? A safe school czars, Kevin Jennings, who was linked to NAMBLA, which is a group that discusses and supports pedophilia with men and young boys. And this is a guy that was in charge of the, of safe schools. So this is exactly what we're looking at here, the desensitization of children to have these conversations with their teachers. And doesn't it go to follow that if any of these teachers or other adults decide to go from simply talking to touching these children, even if it's not a teacher, because these conversations have been had in the classroom, and also glorified, I will say, that they're going to be more okay to situations like this. Now, if the kid's in a daycare center, he's not likely to be indoctrinated, but he's certainly likely he or she is going to be more vulnerable for abuse. And again, Jeff, that to me ties in why a parent should always stay home with their children. I really think because of now, the high taxes, high inflation, everybody's struggling, got to get that car, got to get that nice house, got to get that boat. Nobody's staying home and raising their kids anymore. I can't think of a better way to protect your child from abuse in a daycare center than to not put them in one in the first place. And I understand that doesn't always work for everybody. I get it. I'm not criticizing you if you don't. But boy, howdy. I saw this in California when I lived there, that people were so uh, used to having all their stuff, being in debt constantly. And these kids, there was one girl, Her she would get dropped off at before care at seven in the morning. She didn't get picked up till probably six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Half her life is spent in the custody of others. Well, I just
1: want to touch back on something you said earlier about the normalization of pedophilia. Remember the professor at Old Dominion who wanted to uh, change uh, pedophilia to minor attracted persons. They're oh just trying God. to normalize it yeah. and make it acceptable to society, and it's another war on the citizens of the states and their children at this point. We talked the other day about the war on uh, the American—I'm going to use a word term we don't usually use—American people. We talked the other day about the war on the American people economically. Well, here's one where there is a war against normal behavior in children— Children should not be sexualized and made abnormal in their mind as to what they are. They talked about follow the science well here we are. they don't want to follow the science. they want to create people that have some sort of psychosis
0: and and science to them is whatever they say it is, and it's it's just crazy and and then you have the tech companies that, of course, are also controlling the narrative. Just a quick aside, I saw an interesting article, and again. Yes, this article somebody shared was from RT, Russia Times. Interestingly, though, Facebook puts a banner saying that this this news source is controlled by the Russian government. But Facebook and Twitter don't seem to have a problem with the control that the Chinese and the Saudi Arabians have with the ownership of these tech companies and the control of their message case in point do a little research on the nba and china china has more viewers for the nba in china than than the united states does but i digress from there i want to focus back on this and we're going to come up with some solutions when we return from a break for our musical sponsor roxanne we'll be right back
2: In your mind Then left you behind I told you the tables would turn Now don't look to me For sympathy Cause baby that bridge has been burned Don't try to explain The dead and the pain Like always, your, your words are just hollow
1: Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com.
0: back everybody to the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I are talking about the normalization and desensitization of having conversations with young children in the school system. This also we're tying it back to a case from a former MMA fighter in San Jose, California where with my old stomping grounds where I used to practice law and how do we deal with these Child offenders, these child molesters. We talked about Ellie Nestler, and where the system failed her son, where a previous molester had gone on and, uh, and and molested her own son, and she died in prison of breast cancer after she sought her she shot her son's molester in in court. And I'm not advocating this behavior, but at some point, what is going to be done if the system is not going to take these people seriously? Someone's going to have to. And again, if this keeps up, we're going to see more and more of this as parents do not want their children being fodder for these perverts. And pedophilia and the molestation of children has nothing to do with the rights of the LGBTQ and everybody else community. They are hiding behind them. And getting a pass on this behavior, and if you try to stand up and say, we do not want this, then you're going to be called a homophobe or whatever else, or transphobe, whatever else they want to use. Again, we also talked about the federal government going after the Alabama law, the bathroom law, saying that you have to use the bathroom for your sex, your biological sex. The DOJ's going into uh going after that. So, you know, our federal government wants boys in girls' bathrooms. And if you're okay with that, then fine. Don't read my book, Federalism. But by the way, this is how you fight this stuff. The state should nullify and they should refuse to even participate in any federal court hearings. Ignore the feds. This has to happen more and more or this is never going to change. So what do you do, Jeff? What are we going to do? I think also I'm tying a lot of this into California because we're seeing now as a result, not only of COVID, but I think also the debauchery of what's going on in the California school systems. There's a story also out of the Mercury News. It's They're discussing the exodus from Bay Area neighborhood schools. Bay Area families, rich and poor, are opting out of their nearby public schools in favor of charter or private schools. And Jeff, that's exactly what I did. We found our home in San Martin, also where this daycare center arose. This all is tied together. The incident with Velasquez, I looked into the neighborhood school. Really cute school, but huge, huge problems. And again, this is the demographics in California. I was asking at the time, you know, you only had test scores to go by. How, did they, how are the kids doing? Are they learning? I'm not an advocate of testing, but if you're looking for a school and you're looking to put your kids in there, you have to start somewhere. Did I like the neighborhood? Yeah. Did I like the community? Yeah. Okay. How are the kids learning? How are they performing? And the answer was abysmal. Over half of them didn't speak English, which was slowing the other kids down. And there was a law in California that was passed that only English could be used in the schools no bilingual options there and interestingly enough this was actually put forth and supported by the hispanic community who wanted their kids learning english but the bottom line is it was hampering learning and uh, so i decided to put my kids in a private school in the community and ultimately opted into homeschooling this is why this story is of a concern for me now And the article says that more and more Bay Area families are opting out of the schools to go again, as I said, private or homeschools, and they're also sticking with alternative schooling options, all that happened as uh, at the height of the COVID pandemic. As we know, the schools shut down and learning was done remotely. Families are moving as housing and other costs skyrocket. The home prices in California are absolutely insane, and those who stay are having fewer children than their parents' generation. That's another thing we're seeing, Jeff. Less kids are being born. So now we're having a crisis in the public schools that is leading to, and this is exactly what I'm saying, why do they care so much about kids going to private or homeschooling situations? It's leading to funding shortfalls, teacher layoffs. Yeah, we got to protect those unionized teachers, don't we? and shuttered campuses and the lost identity of generations-old neighborhood schools. Jeff, I submit to you and our listeners, we don't have neighborhood schools anymore. They do not represent the values in the neighborhoods and the communities because they are all now federally funded and tied to federal funding. Yes, we know we all pay uh, property taxes to this, but you know that they're not going to turn down that federal funding. I remember sharing a story. Do you remember this one, Jeff? There was a community in uh, a county school district in Utah that wanted to opt out of Common Core for the benefit of the children's education when they were told the purse strings are going to be cut. Oh, well, we have to do it for the benefit of the children's education. Well, no, you just said that the Common Core was the reason it was hurting education. But as we know, follow the what, Jeff? Follow the money. Always, always, always. So here's what's really troubling about this. And and again, I'm not going to get into all the statistics, but all of uh, all but five of California's 58 counties expected enrollment declines as, again, students turn to remote learning since the 2016-2017 year California public school enrollment fell by 3.6 percent. Total drop was 4.2 in the area. And then in 2020-21 was the lowest in two decades. The decline was even steeper for traditional schools, offset by a 15% increase statewide in charter schools, which are tuition-free, independently-run public schools. So this is what's interesting to me. The enrollment dropped more than 10% in one of four school districts in one school year and the drop was concentrated in the lower grades while the number of students in 9 through 12 increased just a little bit so one of them this is interesting now here this would we if 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 it was anybody else would be called racist one family chose to leave the no- neighborhood school because she didn't feel comfortable as a black family in a c- predominantly latina school district and wanted a school that would celebrate her kids' culture and make them feel included. The mother said, I really could see that my kids were being affected by not being around other people like them. Could you imagine if I said, ah, oh, there are too many Hispanics in this school. I'm not sending my kids there. I want my kids. So certain uh certain identified uh classes can say this kind of stuff, but nobody else can. The point I'm trying to make here is tying this into federalism, this was really the reason behind Brown versus Board of Education. And then what we had was the public busing of kids in public schools, taking them out of their neighborhood communities in San Francisco, where I live. It was taking the black children out of their neighborhood schools Putting them in the white school districts in the white neighborhoods and the reverse, taking the white kids and put them in the black community to make them feel better. But here is a woman of color saying this is not what they wanted. And this was all a result of progressive federal judges socially engineering our community schools. Again, read federalism, how decentralization can save America. All of this ties together. And here's the important thing is the concern of these officials saying, we don't know where these kids are going. We have no way of tracking these children. We don't know where they have gone. What I'm waiting to hear, Jeff, is for them to now start demanding that if you have children, you must report them. And this has pretty much been unenforced in California. I did not register mine. I did not report with the local school district, nor did I register as a private school. So this is what's really interesting. Mike Fine, who's the chief executive offer, again, follow the money, of the state's fiscal crisis and management assistance team, which helps the district manage their finances, said the schools should adjust to students' changing needs and offer smaller classes, earlier child care centers, STEM activities and other academic options to reel families back in as they face competition with non traditional schools. The solution, he said, is to figure out where they have gone and get them back. Now, what this article describes is, is improved maybe programs, but Jeff, don't all of these draconian measures ultimately start with them offering, then asking nicely, then asking not so nicely, and then requiring it. Eric Holder, during the Obama administration, had said there is no fundamental right to hold homeschool. Wait until they eventually outlaw it or come up with measures that are so draconian parents simply can't do it. There was a lower court decision in California, which fortunately didn't have any legal weight um, But they tried to say that you had to be a certified teacher to homeschool your children. So look for some crackdowns on this because homeschooling your children, teaching them real principles of government, like my book, Federalism, is going to ultimately be the way to fight all of this indoctrination. We don't just complain here. We offer solutions. Get your kids out of the school system. You know, what's really frustrating to me, Jeff, is this sexualization of the children has been going on for decades. But all of a sudden now, parents are up in arms over masks and CRT.
1: Public schools are not teaching children how to think. They are teaching the children the answers to the question. So it's not how to find the answer. It's how to what the night right answer is to remember to recite back. It's basically the government tells them what to think and how to answer the questions and not how to arrive at reasoning these questions out and figuring out what the correct answer is I'm willing to bet that most of the correct answers per government are not the right answers it is time to make a decision are your children more important to you than having that next new car and that nice new house and homeschooling them or are you just going to keep sending them off to the government to be indoctrinated uh, into what the government wants them to become compliant little tax slaves
0: you know and i want to just uh wrap up the show with just one final warning if you are going to homeschool your children Just because you're buying your books from a a private source doesn't mean that that's not going to be the same nonsense. When I first started, my kids, my jump off into homeschooling was technically a public school, but it was a home-based charter school. And the reading materials we received, Ariana Huffington's uh, line of work. And Ariana Huffington is a huge liberal, which she puts forth a lot of educational material. Case in point, I was reading my son. This was pre-kindergarten. The story of the three little pigs, and I'm reading this story, and I I thought, my God, I I got to call, I got to call the teacher that we're working with here. And I said, what's the deal with three little pigs? I'm reading this story, and the first little pig that wants the wood sticks to build a home sees a guy with a bunch of of of, of big wood pile and says, would you please give me that wood? I need to build a home. And she says, well, what's the problem with that? I said. When I was a kid, the pig gathered his own darn wood. He gathered the sticks. The other one gathered the bricks and built their own. Now, if they were doing it, the the pig with the bricks would be in Section 8 housing. It would be provided for him. And everybody else had to give him the materials to have his house simply because he didn't have it and he wanted it. And it sounds, you sound like a damn fool when you complain about this because, well, how could anybody complain? It's the three little pigs. You're planting a seed. You are planting the seed of entitlement between the haves and the have-nots. And if somebody has it and you don't, they must give it to you. And guess what? Once you have that seed planted, it's not a stretch to think, if they won't give it to me, I will simply vote somebody in office who will use the threat of deadly force to make them. And then I get what I want in the long run. Folks, the big picture is get your kids out of the schools Get self-reliant, downsize, downsize in your in your expectations of the big home, of all the stuff. There's not going to be anything more important than your children. Protect them from the predators and your neighborhood daycare centers, from the predators in your neighborhood schools. Keep your kids safe. I'm Suzanne Sherman on behalf of myself and Jeff Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today.